Hello, everyone. This is Rick Meiring, and today I'll be reading from Daniel chapter 4, verses 19 through 27. Then Daniel, also called Belteshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. Belteshazzar answered, My lord, if only a dream, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning to your adversaries. The tree you saw, which grew large and strong, and its top touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all, giving shelter to the wild animals, and having nesting places in its branches for the birds. Your majesty, you are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky, and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. Your majesty saw a holy one, a messenger, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump, bound with iron and bronze, in the grass of the field, while its roots remain in the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, let him live with the wild animals, until seven times pass by for him. This is the interpretation, your majesty, and this is the decree of the Most High, has issued against my lord the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdom on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that the kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. So we're asked to check where God is getting our attention in this story, and it's been really great to go through the book of Daniel and see some of the teachings on Sunday about this. I did have to look up how to pronounce Belteshazzar, but I think I'm getting pretty close to that. And that's one of the pieces I want to touch on first is that this whole retraining that's been going on for these basically, not exactly, well, Israelites, but Judeans um, that have been taken over by, by King Nebuchadnezzar and retrained for three years to work for him and then to start interpreting all of these dreams. Daniel has two names. He has his God-given name, his parent-given name, Daniel, um, from his own heritage. And then he has this other name, Belteshazzar. And in this story, it goes back and forth between those two names as a reminder that he has two names, one under God and one under King Nebuchadnezzar. And I feel like this is a real turning point in Daniel's story, in this story, where he's kind of been on this line of introducing Nebuchadnezzar to this greater God, to the God most high that we worship. And Nebuchadnezzar is solely catching on to maybe, maybe these guys are on to something, but Daniel kind of draws a line in the sand. It seems like he's sick of having the two names. It seems like he's sick of riding the fence. And he's also very anguished or, or nervous at the start of this reading where he knows what the vision is all about, but he doesn't really know how to deliver this to King Nebuchadnezzar. 
So the great thing is, I think Daniel's clever. He's nervous. The king says, don't be nervous. So he tells him, hey, if only this cutting down of a tree was about your adversaries, but it's not. It's about you. I'm sorry to tell you. Now, first and foremost, let me say to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, you have been uh, glorious over this land. You have dominated and created strength, and you have a huge kingdom. But what will you do with that kingdom? He kind of draws a line in the sand and says, if you want that kingdom to continue, if you want prosperity, now is the time to recognize that you have an authority over you, that the greatest kingdom is the kingdom of heaven and the Lord Most High. Uh, We have yet to find out if Nebuchadnezzar takes Daniel up on his command at the end, basically to renounce his wickedness. And what does Daniel say in that end part? Uh, Daniel 4.27, Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right, and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. I had a very good picture when I went down to Mexico with some of the group from Watermark. About eight to ten of us went down um, to experience some border experiences with border perspective. And we met a pastor down there named Pastor Ricardo. He told just countless stories to us about different miracles in his life and how his life has changed. But one thing he told me really when I started to read this story from Daniel and about King Nebuchadnezzar was how his kind of story in life uh, replicated that of King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, he wasn't a king in Mexico, but he was a well-to-do businessman. Uh, he even told us to the extent that he was making somewhere in the range of $30,000 a month with businesses he had and really kind of glorifying his own kingdom and establishing himself. He had the calling of the Lord in his life to become a pastor, to step away from that limelight, and he acknowledged it and listened. After that, there were some trials. His wife had had some tumors um, in her neck and around her body that very much scared them. And they continued to turn their life over to to Christ and to bless other people. And suddenly miracles and blessings just started happening all around them. They prayed over that his wife would be restored and that they could continue to do the work of the Lord. And she was miraculously healed. Tumors gone, disappeared. Just an amazing story. They were gifted a camp in which they could bring missionaries down that were going into Mexico from Texas to uh, bless others. And he kind of set up this stipulation with the, the owner of the camp that, yes, I will run this camp. Yes, I will continue to bless others if you pay this price. And he even takes that particular salary and spreads it to something like 10 or 15 other pastors in Mexico, basically not taking a salary at all and blessing others. And something that stuck out for me from Pastor Ricardo of of all of these stories, of all these miracles, and all of these blessings, was that juxtaposition of what he was doing with his life prior and then after. And he said, there's no greater salary in the world than that which comes from the Lord. Like nothing in this world can pay us or get us to a point that we're going to be fulfilled through money or glorification from others or things more than that that comes with the kingdom of heaven i was really interested in in some of the 
the sharings from the last couple Sunday worships and I'm able to do video for those sometimes. And I was listening along when, when Pastor Durr shared two weeks ago, and he just really said, I'm, I'm being convinced more and more that the kingdom of heaven is right beside us. And when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven in the New Testament, he says it in that way. He, you know, we get the words of the kingdom of heaven is near. But he was basically saying the kingdom is, of heaven is right brushing up, up against your neck or right beside you. And I think what gets missed for us in kind of a modern Western understanding of things where we compartmentalize things and there's not as much um, kind of mystery behind the language is recognizing how much we can in invite heaven to earth in, in the present day, in our time while we're here. Not, you know, not being as caught up in, in all of the very important things of salvation and eternity and, and glory with the Lord for, for the rest of our lives, but what kind of restoration we can do now. And this is a real breaking point that Daniel presents to Nebuchadnezzar as well as us. Uh, I think about my, one of my very favorite movies, Goodwill Hunting. And there's this young man, Will Hunting, that's classic 90s for you, where there's a play on words in the title. Uh, but there's this um, mentor figure in Robin Williams, uh, just played a great part by Robin Williams in this movie, Goodwill Hunting, where they sit down and the young man, Will, has been kind of edgy and tough and weak and protective of going anywhere with therapy or kind of making some strides in his own life. He's just very protected and chippy with Robin Williams. And then Robin Williams finally sits down with him and they sit on a bench and he just holds Will to the fire and says, your move, bud, because he as a mentor figure says, hey, I want to be there for you, but I can't understand what your life as an orphan is like um, by reading a book about a kid being an orphan. Or I can't uh, you can't understand what it was like for me as your mentor figure to go through my wife dying of cancer just by reading a poem about that. We have to engage in life. We have to give things a try. We have to make changes and be open in order to move forward in life. And I feel like Daniel is doing this with Nebuchadnezzar the same way Robin Williams' character did this in Goodwill Hunting. He sits him down. He says, I'm sick of riding this fence of being Daniel, being Belteshazzar, being scared to give you reasonable responses on your dreams and your visions, I'm going to draw a line and say, you know what, Nebuchadnezzar, this whole thing is about you, and you will be chopped down. You will go and live with the animals and eat grass like an ox, likely if you don't make some changes to your kingdom on this earth. And recognize that there's a greater kingdom that you fall under. And so that is the message that I'm kind of taking home from this passage. That's what I feel Daniel is representing to Nebuchadnezzar. And we'll have yet to see what Nebuchadnezzar does with that information. But I think what we can take away, or at least myself, is similar to what Pastor Thompson said on this past Sunday, um, what are the areas in our life that we are making idols, that we are building up our kingdom rather than the Lord's? Um, I've had a lot of wake-up calls in my own life in the last year where I had to reassess all the work I was doing in my job and what I was chasing and 
what accolades I was interested in and really wake up to maybe being open-handed for what the Lord has in my life and his greater kingdom. So those are things I'm pondering that uh, I believe Nebuchadnezzar has to ponder in this story as well. And so the call from Daniel for myself and for Nebuchadnezzar and for all of us is again at the end of this passage, and I'll finish there. And none of us are your majesties, but uh, take it for, uh, for what it is. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Uh, thank you very much. Grace and peace to you all, and take care.